Hello, this is Matt Slick from the Matt Slick Live podcast, where I defend the Christian faith and lay out our foundations of the truth of God's Word. Your chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just a few seconds. Enjoy it, share it, but most of all, thank you for listening and for choosing the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. Coming to you from an entrenched barricade deep in the heart of Central North Carolina. Masculine Journey After Hours. A time to go deeper and be more transparent on the topic covered on this week's broadcast. So sit back and join us on this adventure. The Masculine Journey After Hours starts here now. Welcome to Masculine Journey After Hours. We are talking today about the fear of the Lord. And so if you just come to us from the previous uh, broadcast or podcast, and you know that's what we've been talking about, and if you don't, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> Thank so, you for way. clarifying, Sam. Yeah, yeah, so I just thought I'd just throw that in there, state the obvious. Profound. Yeah, I took the state the obvious school broadcasting. <laughs> it works for me. It does. Yeah, you don't go wrong that much. But anyway, no, we are talking about the fear of the Lord and, and trying to make some sense of what that really means. You know, Andy, we're talking off the air, you know, how things have kind of vacillated mm-hmm. throughout history. Yep. You know, with the church's concept of God. Absolutely. You want to share yeah. a little bit about that? Well, I just started thinking about it. In, the, in modern day, it's uh, been, you know, when I grew up, it was a lot, it was a wrathful God that you had to fear and that you came to him in repentance because who wants to go to hell, you know? Mm-hmm. And that was your uh, sole motivation, you know, to get out of hell, get out of th- uh, hell free or whatever, you know? But. Now I think we we went overboard with that message, and it did lead people re, re, led them to repentance. Mm-hmm. But then they struggle with a relationship with God because how can you relate to a God that you constantly fear? You know, there's there's not much depth in that relationship if that's all you have. But then on the other side of that, we've become come and rightfully so preached, you know, the love of God, the grace of God, the God that we can have a deep, abiding, intimate relationship with. But then. We've kind of gone overboard to where there's no other um, uh, side of God that that says, you know, sin is bad for you. You need to not do this. And you know, if you continue to do it and don't accept me and find my way, then you're you will go to hell. Mm-hmm. And so we have to have a balanced approach. And that goes all the way back to we were talking about the early church preached the love of God, also the the holiness of God. But then you get to the dark ages, and when Martin Luther comes on the scene, they really need a, a, a new revelation of the love of God because they had been preaching a different gospel for a long time. Yeah, and it's the problem is we, people get stuck in this vein. Mm-hmm. You know, churches, societies get stuck in this vein of how they preach about God. Right. You know, I, I've rarely been in a church where I felt like, well, they're not preaching from Scripture. Mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 and if you don't attend a church for a while, you don't know – do they come full circle yeah. with it? And you'll find that a lot of churches kind of stay in that one little or two little roads that they travel in, right? And they don't really get into the rest of the gospel. Well, and I think this would be probably the case for about any religion. Christianity is this way. Others, I'm sure, are. I've not been in them. But what tends to happen, I think, is we hear somebody say something, we fall for what that person's saying, whether it's right or wrong, we believe them. We want to follow them. They got charisma. They've got something that entices us to listen to them. So it's like, oh, he or she has what it takes, and they're saying the right stuff. And for Christianity, it's to me, 
you have to go find out for yourself. You need a relationship with the Lord yourself. You need to go read the Bible yourself. You need to have that conversation with God in prayer and uh, listening to him and let him lead you. And it doesn't come, you know, in a snap over a seven step program or something in a weekend where you just go and do it. That's where the boot camps are something of a lifestyle for me now, because that's what I kind of got out of it. Listen to their show and then going to the boot camps is this is a, a way to think and get another holistic view of God and how he works in and through different people instead of just going, Oh, that's what somebody said and just take it and run with it. No, you need to go deeper and find out for yourself. Yeah. As long as reading scripture was a prescription for me, you know, I've been told since I was little, you need to read scripture to go read it and not read it with the hopes of relationship. It's pretty boring and dry, right? But when I read it, wanting to learn more about a loving father, a father that I have reverence and awe for, then the stories really excite me. Yeah, that's what right? did it for me too, yeah. Yeah, but it, it takes that relationship. I think when I think about boot camp, you know, people will tell us in, in the surveys or things afterwards, the most powerful thing about the boot camp, first and foremost, is always quiet time with God. Right When I've been given some direction, I've been given some, hey, this is how you kind of go do this. This is what you don't do kind of thing. That's always number one, and that'll always be number one. And that's usually followed by testimonies of what God's done in our lives. right? Because God's the hero of the story in that. God's come through, and yes, there's been conviction involved. Yes, uh, I thought been, it was me, Sam. Oh, well, you, you were third. You were oh, okay. third on the list. Uh, or fourth or fifth. I wasn't sure. I wasn't there yet. But no, it's first and second is always that because God is the hero of that story and he'll come in and, and yes, there's the conviction and yes, there's the story of where what he said hurt, but that hurt helped me heal wounds. That hurt went after the lies of the enemy. That hurt went after the things that I thought was the truest thing about me. Yeah, God said, you know, that may be true, but this is more true. Yeah, because you let the enemy in and say a lot of things, and those yeah. we call the agreements, but, man, we let those things start to rule us until we let God come in. Yeah. Well, if you're, if you're not in God's Word, as Sam says, is you, you don't know what his promises are. And his promises usually come with conditions, you know, do this, and I'll, you know, uh, do this. You know, like one of the first promises is in... You know, the Ten Commandments, you know, uh, honor your father and your mother and long life shall come of you. Or That's the gym version here. Yeah, gym. <laughs> but, you know, I think for me, growing up in a Catholic church, um, there was a lot of um, what I would call pomp and circumstance. And basically, I was told growing up, oh, you can't read the Bible because you wouldn't understand what was in it anyways. So I never bothered until much later in life and discovered there's a lot of things in there that they never, never talked about. And then there's things that they talked about that aren't in there. And so for me, the only real role model I had for God was my own father. Now my father, you know, if you really wanted to learn about my father, you know, come to a boot camp. I tell my story there, but for the most part, for those who, you know, might had an abusive father or might, you know, not had the perfect role model. It's so easy to take that image and place it on God. You know, 
I thought God was just sitting up there ready for me to screw up. And whatever I did was never good enough. And so for me, it was like, well, okay, well, if I'm, you know, never going to uh, be good enough, why even try? You know, I might as well just cash in my chips now, send all I want, you know, because there's no hope for me anyways. I want, thank you, Jim. I want to, Andy, go to a clip here. Because I think when we live without a, even a, a respect of God, yep. you've kind of fallen to Bruce Almighty hands. You do. Yep. Right? And mm-hmm. so if you haven't seen that movie, um, Bruce is not a big fan of God at the beginning. Nope. And that changes over time as relationship develops. Mm-hmm. But where we pick up this scene is he's meeting God for the first time, right? Yeah, he's he's been blaspheming God or really running him down, kind of making fun of him. And so he goes and meets him in a warehouse, and that warehouse has a filing cabinet, and that filing cabinet, uh, you won't hear it on here, but it's part of the movie, but the filing cabinet uh, just extends way out because it's all of his sin. And, you know, they, they banter back and forth about, you know, what God, who he really is, and God gives Bruce a little bit more understanding of who he really is instead of Bruce's misconception of who he is. Yeah, and where we pick this up, Bruce is learning that this person he's meeting with thinks he's God. At this point, he doesn't realize right, he's God, right. but he realizes over time. And so let's go ahead and listen to it, and we'll come back and talk about it. That's going to be good. This last entry was a little disturbing. The gloves are off, God. God has taken my bird and my bush. God is a mean kid with a magnifying glass. Smite me, almighty smiter. Now, I'm not much for blaspheming, but that last one made me laugh. Are you spying on me? Who are you? I'm the one. Huh? Creed of the heavens and the earth. Alpha and Omega. Oh, I see where this is going. Bruce, I'm God. Bingo! Yahtzee! Is that your final answer? Our survey says God! Bing, 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 bing. Well, it was nice to meet you, God. Thank you for the Grand Canyon, and good luck with the apocalypse. Oh, and by the way, you suck! You've been doing a lot of complaining about me, Bruce. And quite frankly, I'm tired of it. Wait, 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 wait. Don't come near me. Seriously, when I'm backed into a corner, I'm like a wild animal. I don't want to hurt you, but I will out of instinct. You haven't won a fight since grade <laughs> five, and that was against a girl. Yeah, she was huge. <laughs> and the sun was in your eyes. Oh, the ego. Anyway, I brought you here to offer you a job. Job, my job. My job. You think you can do it better, so here's your chance. When you leave this building, you will be endowed with all my powers. Yeah, I don't know what Hollywood's intent was with this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, because when you first start watching it, and when it first came out, I was kind of in that realm of mm-hmm. you can't watch movies that, you know, have anything blasphemous, blasphemous yeah, at yeah. all, right? And so I started watching, I'm like, should I really shut this off? And the more that I watched it, and more I've watched it since then, the more I really like the way the story plays mm-hmm. out. Because you begin with a guy that has no respect for God. I mean, yep. He even says, you suck. Right? And, you right. Know, and we want to sit here and go, <gasps> you know, oh, right. but when we're really truthful, have there not been times in our life when we've not had the f- forthrightness, I guess it is. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily a word, but I made it up. <laughs> but to be forthright, to say what we really, honest to, to God. be that honest yeah. to God. Yeah. You know, when you look back in, in Scripture, you know, Moses had that honest relationship mm-hmm. with God. 
Abraham had that honest relationship with God. David in the Psalms, I was mentioning earlier, I mean, he was, there were times when he was like, where are you? Where are you? I need your help. You know? So, and and in in a way he was kind of saying, God, you're not coming through. You suck. I mean, I don't want to speak for the Bible, but I mean, if you really read between the lines, that's kind of what he was saying. Right. And it's that emotion we go through. Right. And so when you have this thing, and what I love about this movie is he's, Bruce is given God's powers and learns mm-hmm. that he can't he can't handle it, right? And yeah. then by the end, he has this healthy respect and a deep relationship with God. Yeah. You know, but even in that clip, you heard some conviction. Yeah, you haven't won a fight since you were five, <laughs> you know, whatever, or eight or ten, yeah. or whatever. The, it was against a girl. You know, she was huge. You know, that kind of thing, right? We could probably learn something <clears throat> from being given those powers. Now, I'd probably use them for. Yeah, not the best. <laughs> it's good that we can just learn from that movie and not actually experience it. But but God had that same conversation we were talking about with Job. You know, mm-hmm. where were you when I created the heavens and the earth? And you know, just we want to put our place, put ourselves in the place of God a lot of times, and 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 lose that all that uh, just um, healthy respect for Him that we actually should have sometimes when we become arrogant and prideful and think that we can do things without him and when he doesn't do what we expect him to do then they're like okay what's up why why are you holding why are you holding out on me you know yeah today's vernacular is about it's not fair right everything's got to be fair in outcome right it's like well there's never going to be equal outcomes trophies for everyone right so it's (laughs) so we 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 sit there and you know put this on god like, well, where's my trophy, right? Where, where, where do I get my, you know, say so in here? Where do I get everything that I want? And it's not about what we want, but that's where we sit. We love to sit there and say, woe is me. I deserve something. The commercials today, how many commercials do you hear without the word deserve in it? Mm-hmm. We deserve everything. Absolutely. Oh, I deserve For what? No, I deserve For existing? Today. Yeah. <laughs> McDonald's was ahead of the game, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. They, I deserve a yeah. break today. Yeah. I'm telling you. I'm going to stop getting well, back you do, on Sam. home. Yeah, no. Well, is it? I don't know. It's one of those. You deserve a break today? Well, we don't know. Oh, I don't know. Oh, sing, yeah. sing it, Darren. This whole thing, tell me about a society that has lasted when they've lost their fear and the respect for God. I haven't found one. There's not one. Not one society has lasted when they have stepped away from God and they've lost the idea of his love, his grace. They've lost his, the fear, the respect for him. You know, Darren, I actually would like for you to come up here in a second and talk about the scripture because I don't remember what it was. But it, it's the scripture that you talked about when it was, had to do with Moses. Right, Abraham. Uh, same one. It yeah, was, same guy. It was his bigger brother. What different wife. Um, different wife. Harold, yeah. you were with him. So, you come talk about it. <laughs> yeah, when when Abraham gives his wife away to Abimelech, and and you know in a foreign land, Abimelech comes back and says, "Why did you do that?" And Abraham in in Genesis uh, twenty eleven is where it's at, and he says, "Because I." thought this place has no fear of the lord and so you will kill me and so abraham's fear for other people because they didn't have a reverence for god caused him to make really bad decisions Mm -hmm. and uh luckily that guy had as much or more of a fear for 
right and wrong reverence for God and ethics than Abraham did. And he calls him out on it and, and says, you know, why did you visit this badness on me? Mm-hmm. You know, this evil on me. And but again, we do that all the time. If we find ourselves in a position where and that's I love the Patton clip that we played during the show because Patton says, you know, I hope these guys never lose the fear of me. I, I don't care if they lose the fear of the Germans. I want them to lose that, but I, I don't want them to lose the fear of me. Well, I can appreciate the fact that my son feared me for a while, that my grandson fears me to a certain extent who lives with me, but I'd much rather them fear God than fear me. Mm-hmm. I feel comfortable that if they feared God in a very healthy way, I wouldn't have to worry about whether they fear me. Yeah, but I think when we go back and you look at that, Darren, unless they have a modeled healthy relationship mm-hmm. that's based on fear and grace. Mm-hmm it's hard for them to really get that concept of God. Yeah. Right. And so maybe that is the healthy place they need to be. Yeah. Right. In order for them to really see what, that you can have both sides of that equation. Cause what we hear from guys is one side was missing. Right. You know, some guys have a really loving God that never held or God, a really loving dad that never held them accountable. Mm-hmm. And that's not but good for their life. Mm-hmm. Or they've had the dad that's all about accountability and no grace mm-hmm. or the dad that's not there, you know, mm-hmm. fill in the blank. Right. But it's when we have the full picture, then we can really understand God. Well, yeah, I mean, that's kind of my story is, and I've said it before that, you know, I had a phenomenal father, but my father didn't teach me about God. Um, He didn't take me to church. He didn't teach me to pray. He didn't teach me to study scripture. Had a phenomenal father, though. He was more gracious than any man I ever knew in church. He was more ethical, quite frankly, than most of the men I knew in church. Um, and so he had, he had a healthy fear for God. He really did. It was just so private because of some wounds that he had that, that he wasn't going to step out in confidence and share that with his son or his daughters. And so there are times when, you know, Jim Berecki just talked about the only example he had of God was his father, um, who was a very angry man. Well, my dad wasn't an angry man. He was a very gracious, a very merciful, a very kind, um, conversational man. And yet, I struggle to this day to feel that way about the Heavenly Father, although I wished I would feel much better about the Heavenly Father um, that I have than the earthly father that I have because of some of the shortcomings. I'm not you know, blaming that all on my dad, though, but those are some of the father wounds that I have. Um, but we do need to, in our society today, and especially in Christianity, we do need to have a much more healthy respect, all um, reverence for God. We have gotten loose in, in one aspect of it, if you want to say that. Um, and I'm guilty. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not pointing the finger at anybody. I'm guilty of that. Um, I've, you know, Solomon basically teaches that it's not healthy to be a people of extremes, you know, one extreme or the other. That's someplace in the middle. You don't want the pendulum swinging too far to either side. And so that's what we were talking about earlier, that the pendulum between fear of the Lord, meaning afraid of God versus 
the grace of the Lord, meaning, oh, well, God's just a furry teddy bear. Mm-hmm. And he's the he's the giant vending machine in the sky. You know, I put in my prayer coin and I get, you know, it's the thing we talked about with some Christian movies that we're not that fond of because right. it appears that you always get whatever you pray for in the end. That's never happened to me. Yeah. I mean, I haven't figured out how to pray that prayer yet. Yeah, I don't remember it in Scripture too often either. Uh, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it, it kind of falls short there. I, we're at a dangerous place in our society, you know, and we keep evolving and moving more towards that. But when we go back to the whole point of there's not been a, a society that sustained itself when it's lost its sight of God. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, we talked about the the book Unbroken before the show, mm-hmm. and if you haven't read that book, it's amazing by Laura Hildebrand. It's a phenomenal book. It's brutal it's in brutal, sections, but it's about you know the World War Two and and um, Louis Zamperini. Thank you. Is caught by the Japanese, mm-hmm. and at that time, the Japanese was a godless culture for the most part. They didn't have a, a they had a figure. god. He was just a false god, he as Harold brought up. Yeah, he, he was. But the things that they were able to do without a fear, mm-hmm. and you can look and pick any culture that's been known for its how terrible it can be, mm-hmm. and it's because there wasn't a fear of God there. There wasn't a relationship with God there. There wasn't a God there to to go learn about. And when that happens, what Scripture says is men do that which is right in their own eyes. Yes. Because there are no bigger eyes. There, there is no more authoritative eye to look at the world. You know, um, Julie Gold wrote a song years ago, Bette Midler and Nancy Griffith made it famous. Um, God is watching us from a distance, right? And they were trying to say, look, from, from a distance, this world is just blue and green and, and we're all very small people here and we all should be getting along and so forth. And so from God's perspective, it's very different than from our perspective living here. And I see people who look like enemies to me. Um, and yet when I don't take into account God's perspective, then I will do whatever I think is right in my eyes. I don't care what politics says. I don't care what the law says. If God is not the arbiter of truth and justice um, and mercy and grace and all of those things, then where else do I go? I just, I'm the smartest guy in the room always. And so I choose me. Yeah. Because you might not have my best interest at heart, but I do. Yeah. I think I do anyway. Yeah. And Andy, you know, you were talking earlier about the Bruce Almighty thing. I know I can't trust myself with God's powers. <laughs> That's one thing I do know about myself is that there's no way I could trust myself with those powers because I would not, I would be self-serving. Well, and just like we're saying there, so we do what's right in our own eye. Yeah. What sets what's right in our own eye is often the wounds that we have, which is so bad that if we don't go deal with them, what's right in our own eyes is such a scattered view of the world. And it's so wrong from where God is with us that we're going to make some horrible decisions and really hurt not just ourselves, but other people. And it it's so important to go deal with those wounds because a lot of them, like as we've all discovered, I didn't even know I had them. Well, I think it's not only that. If there's no God in the society, you know, so many people re- rely on the government to be their God, if you will, to protect them, to 
cover them, but it all depends on which party's in power. You know, and each has their own agenda because they're only men. They're going to do what's right in their own eyes. Yes. Right. Yeah, and I honestly don't trust either party, <laughs> you know, because it is men, right? The only thing you can fall back on is God and God's yes. word. You know, you're talking about that woundedness. I'm looking at life what I think is clearly, but I'm looking through a very warped lens. Yeah. Right? I can't see but through this filter that I have in place. It could be a filter of fear, woundedness, lots of other things, and only God is the one that can remove that. So I can have that clarity of thought, that clarity of perspective, that I can see that other person as a loved one versus an enemy. And God wants that for you. Yeah. And you know, and that's where we're usually the barrier because we won't let him in. Well, back to that point, he did. He went after all these things with God's power and made a mess of things, right? Yeah, and Bruce Almighty. Yeah, yeah. right. And we do the same thing. We, we, no, we don't have God's power, but we have a certain power. We have the image. We're, we're in the image of God, so we do try to control things, and we do try to become God of our world, right? And that's where we fall and mess up. So, Yeah, I mean, how many people would not be in credit card debt like they are if they didn't exactly. want to try to give themselves what they thought they deserved. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Or, and I want it now. And, and just go name just relationships that have been blown apart because I've not been willing to wait. Right. You know, I've tried to have control or have been my own, uh, my own God for right. lack of a better term. Oh yeah. We love control. That control word is very, very vital in our society and with so many people. So how would you guys recommend that if someone's out there saying, I really still don't know what it means to have a fear of God. How, how would you go say, this is what you dig into. This is what you go do. So I'll, I'll just real quick. Um, I was at a coffee shop this weekend and I got this magazine that basically it was about a father and a son and their relationship and the son, and it was really relating to God though. And that son, all he heard at first was obedience to God, obedience to God, obedience to God. And when he finally got it and got things back in order is he realized he had to have the love of God first. Then the obedience comes early. And that mm-hmm. when we're talking about obedience, I think that's where we're linked to fear. It's obedient. You know, if I don't obey, then I fear God because I didn't obey, right? So it to me, it's just a linkage of we get things upside down. We, we hear obey, and we feel like that's the first thing that we do. I think getting a healthy vision of God and loving him, obedience becomes much easier after that, in my opinion. So how do you go get that healthy view of God? Scripture, obviously. I think a lot of it is a lot of the epistles really talk about the love of God. Uh, but look, the three chapters of uh, first, second, and third, John. John, the and whole book John, of John. John. Yeah. yeah, John was always about some love, so that, that's a healthy view, in my opinion. And the other thing I'd say is go spend time with him. Just go out there and ask him the questions that you're afraid to ask. God, what do you think of me? Again, listen for conviction, not condemnation. Condemnation condemnation is from the enemy. I can't say that. And let him get a word in edgewise. That's right. Listen. Listen to him. But let him love on you and let him speak some truth into your life. And then you can say, okay, I'm going to walk with you because I trust you and I love you. And it makes it a lot easier to obey when I trust and I love in somebody. Go to MasculineJourney.org, register for the upcoming boot camp, 11th through 15th of November. This is the Truth Network.